Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan on News Talk. Brought to you by Avant Money. Think you're getting the best value from your bank? Think again. If you were reading the Irish Independent, I'm sure you heard about the absolutely horrendous incident in County Roscommon on Monday. The home invasion, violent home invasion um, at the home of 93-year-old Una Farrell and her two sons. And in a just in a really interesting interview, and, and it's actually worth taking a few moments to read it today. Una spoke yesterday um, to the Irish Independent and she said that she was keen to put her best side out, that the four men weren't going to win because, of course, she did reopen the business, the shop yesterday. And she said that they got what they came for. They're gone now and I'm still here and they're not going to get the better of us. And I just thought like it was an absolutely... just. Uh, can you imagine at 93 years of age... That that is that was her feeling yesterday after what had happened to her and, and her two sons. And it's just it's absolutely shocking and it's appalling. And I just think fair play to to Una and the family for the strength and bravery that I'm sure it took to be even able to speak and to, to get up and, and, and back to business uh, yesterday. It's just it's absolutely incredible. But we've been asking people today um, if you want to share your own experience with us on the programme. And Louise is with us Um Louise is is a farmer. Is that is that right, Louise? Like, what's your experience? Hi there. Um, yeah, I'm a dairy farmer here in County uh, Limerick, just outside Croom. Uh, unfortunately, we have a lot of trespassers in the area. Like, I suppose most rural areas do now. Um, they seem to multiply in COVID. And, um, you know, there, there's a lot of robberies that are coming out of this. You know, we have a fear that are we being scoped out by all these people walking around our roads and our lands now. You've, I, I spoke to you before, Louise, I think from 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 memory. You, you, you had an incident, didn't you, in your own area? Yeah, we did. Yeah, um, I've had several incidents on the home farm here. Um, groups of four and five men coming in. They start off by telling me that they're allowed on the property. And, you know, when you ask them politely to leave, you get called every name under the sun. They threaten you. They, you know, they, they leave you with a fear that they're going to come back another time during the night and actually with malice to cause damage. Um, I've had on the another farm we have, I've had big frogs. I've had diesel siphoned out of machinery, you know, and so just the annoying part is that the guards come out, they're very helpful. They do everything they can and they're now at the stage where they warn me not to actually um, confront anybody because they're now fearful, fearful that they will actually cause harm to me now. Um, but like they bring them in and they can bring them to the court and unfortunately they don't get penalised enough that the guard is now annoyed that in a month's time he's probably going to be coming out to another call with the same perpetrator. So they're even acknowledging to you that they're frustrated about this? Oh yeah, yeah. I have been very open about it that they're not getting uh, hit hard enough by the judges, by the actual court system in this country to stop them. They're not afraid of the guards because they know they'll get a slap on the wrist and they'll just go back doing the same thing. And I have to feel for the guards, they must be totally demoralising to be trying to do right by, you know, landowners and property owners and keep us safe. And they know they're doing what they can, but it's the person higher up that makes the, the, the judgment that is letting them away with it. About how many incidents do you reckon? 
I'm trying to get a sense, Louise, of how how common. Like, look, in my eyes, you know, one incident and 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 talking to you about you know one time that you even had to experience this is is too much and it shouldn't happen again but like it sounds like the, i mean how common is it um i have at least five to six incidents every year of people coming in every the year. year yeah um before covid they generally wouldn't come near the farmyard they would you kind of see them down the field, you see them in the hills, and other neighbours would probably spot them first, and they'd let you know that they were in. But they've gotten in the last two years, they've gotten a lot braver, I suppose, um, a lot cheekier, and they'll now just climb the farm gate and walk in through the yard. And we've had incidents where I've walked out with my own father, and they've had the nerve to tell us that somebody else has given them permission to be in. You know, it's, they, they'll come up with any excuse, um, you know, to try and let you in. But, like, we have a blanket rule. We don't let anybody in. So you can't be, you know, said that you're picking favourites or you're letting certain individuals in. We just blanket no. And even in COVID, we took the line saying, look, this is a business. We well, are it's limiting. a workplace. Yeah. It, like, we were, at the time, we were limiting, you know, the, if you weren't essential and you weren't doing a job on the mm. farm, you weren't coming in. So there were family members that weren't on the farm. We were staying away from truck drivers, from the milk lorry. We we kept our distance. We really isolated ourselves. And these people still thought that they come in, could come in and go around the place. And, you know, open gaps and you pick up handles and open doors and things. All things that we had to touch as well. But they didn't care. It's inc- what, it's what's, re- what's really worrying is because we still have like uh, we live on the farm at home yeah. well I live across the road and it's now at the point like if you're checking a cow calving at night time you know you think this, these, the easiest thing would be just to walk across the course, road and absolutely check yeah I now won't walk, across, walk up the road or across the road in the dark at night because you don't know if there's a car pulled in in a hedge if there's somebody out you know walking around or scoping the place out at night and what's more worrying is I have a 90-year-old aunt living on the farm on her own as well. You know, she's fiercely independent, but you don't know. Do people know that she's there? Or are they going to come in and ca- like cause harm to her? And even just the fright alone, mm. like you wouldn't be the better for it. It must be very worrying though, Louise. It is. It, it is, is, yeah. Worrying because it is. From, from what I can see, it's only getting worse. Um... This listener says, has texted in as well and says, I live in a very rural area. I carry illegal pepper spray on me and it's in my bedside locker every night. The local guard station's been closed down. There's no replacement. I don't care. So one texter now that's after coming in there uh, on 53106. Stay with us, Louise, because I want to bring Michael in as well. Um, Michael, why did you get in touch about this? I got in touch because there was an attempted robbery at my house uh, about two months ago and um, there were four guys came in during the middle of the day and they, uh, three of them walked around the place and the dogs came out and went after them a little bit and stuff like that. And they still kept going. And uh, I, um, they eventually broke in and went through my house and stuff like that. And were you there, and, Michael? Uh, I, we, there was nobody there, luckily, at the time. Uh, but they had screwdrivers and the other stuff with them. And uh, one of my neighbours stopped uh, the guy who was driving the car on the road, uh, an elderly neighbour, and they abused, gave out uh, a whole heap to her. So what I'm saying is that this is wholesale, and I found out afterwards that these 
same people, this same group, uh, did maybe three or four other uh, places in the locality, uh, some on the same day and some that week. So uh, obviously the police, uh, we got the police called. I sent the police photographs of all the guys mm. of their car. I sent um, the video of it. And the police were very good. They tried their best. They spoke to us and said, look, have you this, this, this and this? And all of us are putting in lights and cameras and put in this, put in that, put in the other. And my neighbour up the road, uh, elderly uh, lady, has uh, a steel door in her bedroom. She has shutters, steel shutters on the windows in her bedroom. Are you and serious, at night, she li- Yes, I am. And this is normal. It's time that people, uh, everybody woke up to this, that this is these people are getting braver and braver and don't give a damn. So... Why should we live like prisoners in our I own know. home? Well, what you've Why just described, the, I mean, that that picture that you've just painted for us is, I mean, I mean, you're basically describing a, um, a lady living on her own and locking herself into nearly a cell at night. But we're all starting to do this because we don't know. I've had to change doors. I've had to do all sorts of stuff. And we can't afford to do that I nowadays. Know. So what I'm, what I'm saying, I believe, and you're, Previous listeners said this. The police are frustrated. They have said that to me. They've said to me, they catch these guys or whatever, and next week they're out again. And so are you, as a responsible journalist, asking the judiciary, what are you doing? Why is the whole country up in arms about this? And they are. And why are the police up in arms about this? Oh, no, I totally and, Andrea, I don't you should be, you. Why do you not have a programme and bring in two or three judges, bring in the police, uh, well bring in some Michael. victims... Bring, bring in the victims and have a discussion about it yeah. and let's all get together because a weakness in one part of it would mean that the whole thing falls yeah. down no, and I, I don't, believe I, there is a weakness. I, I, I'm not disputing anything at, at all that, that, that you've said and I know from talking to, you know, to, to, to members of the guards myself they tell you sure it's absolutely pointless and nearly the younger the people are actually the worse it is because it's straight off to this programme and youth diversion programme this and that and I'm not saying that there isn't a need for all of that but like we're talking about this today because of what happened to um, to the 93 year old Una Farrell and her two sons in Roscommon and like you've experienced it Louise has talked about like five and six incidents a year that she's reporting and there's loads more messages now coming in from people but um, the CEO of Irish Rurling Seamus Boland is on the line as well like Seamus is there any way to reassure Michael and Louise and everybody else that they are actually safe in their homes? Yeah, and and listening to those stories, we listen to those. Yeah, we listen to those stories a lot, um, and unfortunately, we have what I call low incidences where there are people complaining about the situation that they face uh, in rural areas, and often, as as Louise has said, the police are often frustrated as well. Um, so I don't know if you can hear me. Oh, I can hear you perfectly, Shane. Oh, yeah, yeah no, loud I just and clear. Something dropped. Yeah. Now, so that's the first thing. Now, in terms of reassurance, Irish Rural Link always call around this time of the year uh, to remind her of, there are community alert programs. They need to be better organised. I think they need greater funding. Uh, they are supported in large terms by the Cardi, but really, the, you, the Cardi can't be everywhere either. So you need a very strong. Uh, community alert program. You need a, a strong texting system which notices people who are in the area because these people 
tend to check out uh, places and they pick on places that are really uh, rural, really isolated mm-hmm. uh, and they tend, uh, you know, if they can go away without being noticed, they will concentrate in those areas. Um, it, I, I have to say we, we do need to reassure people um, there is, that it isn't, uh, like a few years ago it was quite a, a serious situation where it was almost out of control. The Gardaí did a lot of work, particularly controlling the motorway network. Yeah. But that's the problem, is isn't it? I mean, like, sure, it's all, it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's yeah. gangs travelling. Like, that's... Yeah, that, that, and I think we, like. we have, in the Roscommon situation, we kind of see that pattern starting again. So I'm hoping that the Gardaí will particularly look at that and, and concentrate in, in, in an intense way mm. uh, their, their normal practices I that know. they brought in to stamp it out. But look, go back to the community. You really need a community alert programme in your area, uh, a community watch programme. It needs to be well-funded and supported um, because the only way you'll defeat this is by vigilance in the local area. Joe and Galway's text and he says they're not getting braver, it's just that it's getting easier for them because they know the guards won't arrive to rural areas for about 30 minutes after the call is made and, and that's if they respond immediately and drive with blue lights according to Joe. This text texter says, I think it's been a disgrace for many years. The government have been pretty blasé about it. It happens far too often. People terrorised and they're not at peace in their own homes. The government needs to do something. Uh, I'm surprised that there isn't actually more outcry about all of this. Michael, can I just go back to you finally? Um, the, the kind of measures that you you know, you you brought into your, your own home or things that you, you do yourself. Like, do, do you live your life differently now, Michael, because of this? Of course I do. Yeah, we do uh, locking doors, closing doors, closing windows, all the rest of it. Mm. Everybody, the pe- uh, people know it. And when I heard, the, I hear all this PR stuff, get, get uh, uh, text in the area. We have this. We have all that. But when you catch these guys and they get back out, of course they're going to feel great about it. So that was easy. But let's do a bit more. And this petty crime starts at that level, goes higher and higher and higher. Mm. And there are people being killed, as you know, and there are people being injured, and there are being people being terrorised. And I don't want to hear about all this low-level stuff because it's a total waste of time. Get the police in the right way, fund them properly, give them the numbers, get them out there and have the judiciary then questioned about the sentences they give, why they're giving them, why are they letting people out, when do they give guys bail and why do they give the guys bail and let the victim know what happened. I have had not one word as to what has happened in my case. Maybe the guys were caught. Maybe the evidence I give them will never, ever be used and it's just thrown in the bin. Okay. So why should I have spent two days putting this together to find out that maybe it was never used or never, never, will never see the light of day again? That's my view. Yeah. No. Well, listen. I appreciate that. And Michael, thank you for for getting in touch with us. And it's a te- like it's a terrible, ex- a terrible, terrible experience. I should say. Like the idea that somebody would you know attempted break in or in your home. Like it's it's absolutely traumatizing. And I have huge, huge sympathy for for you and uh, for for Louise as well dealing with this constantly. Uh, and yeah. Anyway, I live outside a large town and walk my dogs along the country and the main roads. Is this texture? I've yet to walk a full walk without being verbally abused. It's actually got so bad that the Gardaí recommend that I now walk with a body camera. Imagine, like, uh, this listener again has got in touch to say it's an absolute disgrace what's going on in local communities and the thing is, everybody knows who's doing it. Lunchtime Live at Newstalk.com. That's the email address if you want to get in touch with us here on the programme today. Lunchtime Live with Andrea Gilligan. Brought to you by Avant Money. Weekdays at midday on News Talk.